0: Do I lift up my
1: Every quarter, the mission team is inviting one of our missionaries to come and speak and give a report regarding their work. This month, just happens that we have John Pig with us. He does mission work in Mexico. He'll be sharing that work with you in a few minutes, and we just spent some time with him listening just with, I guess, excitement uh, about the work that he's doing with others in Mexico. It's fascinating, so I'm very excited. See some pictures along with some of the commentary. I know you'll look forward to that, and we've been involved with his work for some time now, and it is reaping some tremendous rewards. I'm excited to hear about it. I wanted to share with you this and we'll be praying for this family. Uh, Vernell Arnold passed away last week. Uh, many of you knew her. She was a longtime member here, was an elder's wife. Her twin sister is Rumel Palmer, brothers Billy and Jimmy Deaton, and her daughter Mitzi Thompson, who worships with us here. Let's remember this family. Well, we're not going to waste any time, so we'll be praying for them. We'll be praying for Brother Pig and his work. And then when I end the prayer, he'll come and speak to us about his work in Mexico. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks for so many things. We think about the day that was so beautiful that you put in our hands and all the opportunities that you placed into our lives. At the end of the day, we reflect upon those things, and I just I hope all of us are are happy and excited with the way that we were able to handle what you placed in our hands. We thank you, Father, for this occasion that we can gather in the middle of the week to spend time encouraging one another, and also tonight to be informed about a work that we all participate in as members of this congregation and to know that together uh, with Brother Pig that we're able to do work for you in a far-off place, Mexico. We're praying, Father, that you'll bless that work as you have already done and that you will expand the borders of your kingdom because of the good things that are happening there. And we pray that you'll be with Brother Pig tonight as he shares these things that you'll just bring to his mind those things that will touch our hearts and help us to know that we're doing the right thing and participating with them in this work. We pray, Father, for those who are bereaved among us and we're praying especially for uh, the family of Vernell Arnold. Uh, still members here uh, remember her and her husband and the work that they did in leading this congregation and we're better for it. And we pray for those who remain in this family who are grieving her loss and we just pray your comfort on them. We have a lot of people that are members here who are sick Two, and we're praying for their recovery and we think of Marilyn Martin who just had surgery yesterday we pray that she's going to have a full recovery she can be back with us and involved in her evangelistic efforts please bless us Lord tonight that we can yield the things that we have asked of you and that you will challenge us for greater things as we're participating in this work and others And, Lord, just give us success in our own area and prompt us to always seek to do more. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Let the church say amen again. That was kind of weak. Say amen again. That's better. That's better. I appreciate that. Good to be with you tonight. Beth and I are celebrating 55 years of marriage. This week, we're out on the lake, freezing to death. (laughs) We're out here at Piney Grove with our RV and just having a wonderful time, seriously, and we appreciate so very much being with you here at the Boonville Church. Uh, My last visit with you was a couple of summers ago, and I was preaching on evangelism for you, and when I First approached your elders about four years ago to get involved with us. Uh, I, I preached on evangelism, but I didn't. I haven't had the opportunity to actually give you a firsthand uh, informational video about the work, and so this is exciting for me to be able to give that information. And I know that you're going to go away tonight especially thankful that you were present, and you'll have it on live stream, and others will be able to tune in and <clears throat> and uh, learn uh, about it. But uh, thank you, church, for your contribution to our, our work. Uh, maybe you uh, help us individually from time to time, and we appreciate that very, very much. Uh, we are so thankful for... Everything that is happening this year, especially as we started off 2021, it's been the best start that we've had in 20 years. So let me just, uh, first of all, lay down a biblical foundation for what you are doing as a missionary church and what we're doing in Mexico. So if you have your Bibles, uh, let's look at a few familiar scriptures. These are scriptures that Brother Ken uh, Forrest, uh has uh, presented to you, I'm sure, already in the time that he's been with you. These are familiar verses that you've heard through the years because this church believes in the mandate that our Lord has given us uh, to take the gospel to the world. The first is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, and verse 18, beginning, Jesus said, All authority, all power is given unto me both in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. We know that that great commission was not just given to the apostles that were assembling there with Jesus before his ascension, but to all all Christians of every generation and to us here at the Booneville Church because he says I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. Then you go to the book of Mark in Mark chapter 16 15 and 16 Mark reports Jesus having said go preach the gospel to every creature he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved he that believeth not shall be condemned and then there's luke's account in luke chapter 24 where jesus said does it behoove christ to suffer to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all the nations beginning at jerusalem do you know that john has a great commission We don't seldom we we seldom look at it. Rarely do you hear anybody mention it, but I think it's one of the most significant mandates. John 20 and verse 21. Jesus simply said this, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And that's me as well as you. And then in the book of Acts, Luke's second volume. To Theophilus, he tells us in the very first chapter before Jesus ascends to heaven. You remember that situation? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Five times we have that missionary mandate that the Lord has given to his people. Well, what kind of effect did it have on the early church? Well, in less than 30 years, they took the gospel, according to Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 and verse 14, to every creature throughout the whole world. Spiritual, numerical fruit was coming forth as a result of sharing the gospel with the lost. And that was Jesus' mission. As he said in Luke 19 and verse 10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So I commend you, church, for your embracing and obeying that great mandate of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Particularly, one area in which you are involved, partners with us at the Lake Harbor Drive Church in Ridgeland, Mississippi, where I retired as the local preacher and now I'm involved in this work of, uh, 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 in Mexico, is in the state of Guanajuato. Guanajuato is right in the center of Mexico. And uh, the uh, state of Guanajuato is where the uh, revolution occurred many, many years ago. A lot of history here. And it's in the highlands... It's a beautiful part of Mexico, and uh, uh, just a, an exciting place to go and visit. This is the state of Guanajuato. Over, over six million people, twice the size of the state of Mississippi, population-wise. And um, it's a, we fly into the city of Leon. You see it with the star over there. And, uh, uh, and then Guanajuato City is the capital Uh, Leon is about uh, 2 million people. Uh, The city of of Guanajuato the capital is approximately uh, uh, a half billion people. And then you'll go across the state to what has been called the heart of Mexico is San Miguel de Allende. That's a city of approximately 200,000 people. And that's our base camp. That's where we started This work, the Kosciuszko Church, I should say, started and in cooperation with the Lake Harbor Drive Church and a number of other congregations. And Brother Les Ferguson, Sr., who was president of Magnolia Bible College, he's an elder there in Kosciuszko, he was the first director of this work. And I started going back, uh, going to Mexico with him as we have been in cooperation with them for about 15 years. And when he retired from this work as the director, the elders then asked me if I would uh, serve in this capacity, and, and it's been a wonderful pleasure. I'm now going in to my fourth year. Fernando is the first preacher that we brought on the, 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 the Mission Guanajuato team. Uh, he is a tremendous evangelist, a, a great educator. Has a tremendous personality, great passion for evangelism, and he really sets the standard for all of our other preachers. But the elders of the Lake Harbor Drive Church now have the oversight. Fernando and I are partners. He uh, manages this program for us in our absence. Uh, we communicate almost weekly. Uh, he uh, he uh, gathers the information from our preachers and from our churches and sends it to us once a month, and then I report to our elders. And uh, so we're we're thankful for the partnership that we have, uh, one with the other. The religious demographics of Mexico uh, is 92% Roman Catholic. Now the positive side to that, and I've been to Europe, I've been to the uh to like belarus where you have to start with uh apologetics type evangelism because they don't believe in god they don't believe in the bible they don't believe in jesus they don't know jesus and so uh you can't just turn to the bible and quote the scriptures to them because they they don't believe in the bible but in mexico they believe in god they believe in jesus they believe in the bible Unfortunately, they don't know a lot about the Bible. Uh, they, their, their knowledge of the scriptures is extremely limited. But they're cultural in religion. There are other uh, religions that are there. In fact, my first trip there, there was a tremendous Mormon complex right down the street from where we were staying. And, and I thought to myself, now isn't this something? Here we are with a mission to restore undenominational New Testament Christianity, and we're just now coming to this great state of Guanajuato. We should have been there years and years before. What are the goals of Mission GTO Mexico? Well, let me run through those real quickly with you. Of course, we want to evangelize the state of six million people. We want to plant the Lord's Church in every major city. That's how Paul operated in the book of Acts. He went to major cities with the gospel of Christ. And that's what we're doing in Guanajuato. We want to train teachers and preachers and workers that are, that are Mexican. and They know their culture. They know the people. And so rather than bring them to the states and send them to Freed Hardeman or to Faulkner or to Heritage... We've got a biblical institute that we started there about 15 years ago. It's a three-year program, and uh, we don't support the students when they come, uh, but, uh, but it doesn't cost them anything to come. And so we have been tremendously blessed in our mission strategy by having that biblical institute there training our workers. We now have a number of satellite schools in various cities throughout Mexico, uh, Guanajuato, uh, that uh, so we're able to have more students in the local churches participating. We want to develop self-supporting congregations that are scripturally organized, and we want to do that within seven to ten years. I spoke to a church when I took over this directorship in Mexico, uh, in Texas, that had been in Mexico, really. Uh, Several cities in Mexico, several states in Mexico, they were supporting six preachers, and they had been supporting those preachers from 20 to 30 years, pumping U.S. dollars. And the churches were all still rather small and not self-supporting. We didn't want to get into that mold. We wanted to build a plan and a strategy to help churches develop independence And to become biblically organized and that's what we're doing to provide financial support for the preachers when our when we send a preacher to a new city we don't want him uh, working in any kind of work except evangelism and uh, we give that new preacher twelve hundred dollars a month we commit that for two years and then we begin to decrease that salary by ten percent the first year and then we gradually try to wean them off the U.S. dollars. And that has proven to be uh, a, a good uh, a strategy. And the preachers understand this. They, they buy into this uh, right off the bat. So this is not something that we surprise them with. Uh, we give them plenty of time. When we are ready to uh, 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 withdraw all support, we give them a whole year. We tell them in 2020, uh, 22 of January, uh, we will discontinue our support. So we give them plenty of time to prepare for that. Our preachers have to become bivocational for that to happen. Of course, we try to maintain oversight and accountability. Uh, that's important for us at Lake Harbor, but it's important for you who cooperate with us because uh, w- you uh, accountability to the supporters, accountability first and foremost to God. And then we want the preachers that we support to be accountable for what they're doing. That requires us to go at least two, three, four times a year uh, and spend, I spend like a week or two weeks at a time. And I'm hoping that one day, uh, Brother Ken, or one of the elders or one of the brethren here will be able to go with me and you will be able to see Uh, Someone from your congregation will be able to to see firsthand. Uh, Our preachers have to report to Fernando once a month. Their contributions, their baptisms, their Bible studies, the attendance, and we break the attendance down from adults to niños, the children. And uh, they send that report into Fernando once a month. He condenses that report and then sends it to me. And then I meet with our elders and, uh, and, and we are able to uh, know what is happening every month. In some instances, we require weekly reports. We don't support the church. We support the missionary, the churches we cooperate with. Because once you establish a church, a ch- each local church is independent. And so we're not the mother church over these churches that we've established. We cooperate with the churches, but the preachers that we support are under our oversight at Lake Harbor Drive and are accountable to us. And we explain that uh, uh, and, and help them to understand. But the one thing we do ask of the churches is to every year present us a plan of work get together with all the women and all the men and plan the work that you're gonna do for 2021, and then lay it out in a written form. So the preachers have a written job description that we prepared that they sign off on to begin with, down to how many days a week they work, uh, days off, vacation time, all the details that you would have with, your, with a local preacher here. And uh, that's the criteria that I use to evaluate each preacher when I go down. And their own plan of work is the criteria that I use to e- evaluate the church when I visit with the congregation. One of the ways by which we have been able to accelerate contacts with the people which generates Bible studies with the people is medical campaigns and we started that four years ago and they have been tremendously successful and uh those campaigns run us about four or five thousand dollars every time we do one of those campaigns in fact when I approached your elders four years ago that was what I requested help us with one of those medical campaigns and your elders uh agreed to do that another thing that i wanted to do and i've challenged our elders to uh, let's try to raise the sufficient funds for was a youth camp uh and i've been involved in sardis lake christian youth camp for 30 years i've been well i have been chief cook and bottle washer <laughs> i started as a as a counselor and then i became a, a sessions director and then i became a, a, a on, on the board of trustees and I, and, and, and all through those years, and, and I'm not a great evangelist now. I, I, I may hold maybe five, six gospel meetings a year, but I can tell you this. In the one week that I've spent at camp, any given summer over those 30 years, we baptized more people than in, in, in all the meetings I conducted for the whole year. Youth camp is a tremendous tool of evangelizing young people. And it's it's like taking Sunday school and wrapping it all up in two weeks uh, for a whole year. And and so uh, we wanted to do this in Mexico and have our teenagers go free if they would bring a non-Christian teenager. And we were all set to do that last year and then COVID hit. And we can't do it this summer. Uh, we we anticipate it was going to cost about 12,000 and I'm going to have to take some US staff with me to help because They've never had anything like this before So our preacher that's been involved with Sardis Lake Christian Camp Dustin Abbott He's going to help in the directing of it. I've got other campus ministers The churches that's helping us so we're probably going to take about 10 staff from the US to do that so it's going to cost about 12 grand to, to, to pull this off but I'm convinced that that's going to be a tremendous uh, thing. We already have a, a, a place to have that camp right outside of San Miguel. When we decided to do this, I was at Walnut Street in Texas County, Texas, where I had moved from in uh, Mexico. Uh, I mean, to, to move uh, from uh, to Lake Harbor Drive, uh, I came from that congregation. I went back to tell them. Uh, about our work for the first time, one lady came up to me and she said, I want to give $1,000 for that youth camp. I, I, I believe in that youth camp. And, uh, and, and I'm sure so many of you have children and grandchildren that have gone to Maywood maybe, and you know how valuable that is. So be praying that COVID will, will get out of Mexico as well as the U.S. and we can do that. Now, how are we doing How's everything, how's, what's happening? Well, currently, there are 27 churches in the state of Guanajuato. There were about seven there before we arrived. 20 of those congregations we have established in the 20 years that we've been in operation. And 10 of those churches, are you listening, are now self-supporting. We're so thankful for that. That, that, that's un, it's almost unprecedented in foreign mission work to do that that rapidly. And so we're thankful for what God is doing in that. Uh, we provide financial support in various amounts to 10 of our missionaries in 11 different cities. Uh, one of our graduates of our institute, uh, Miguel, uh, he uh, decided Uh, last year to move to a city called Escobedo and start a congregation on his own. He never asked us for a dime, and we don't give any money to him now. He went in self-supporting and started a congregation, and he's doing rather well, and we appreciate what he has done. Uh, Two missions were started in 2019, and uh, two in, in 2020. And we just started a brand new work in Eurydia, a city of approximately 150,000 people, uh, in January. We now have 22 students at our biblical institute. Uh, We had 55 last year. COVID has decreased that sum. But I expect after COVID, we will get back up to uh, what we normally have as a student body. We had 66 baptisms last year in our churches. We've already had 43 conversions this year, just in the first three months. So COVID is bad, but it's opened doors for us for evangelism, and we're so thankful. Of course, the bottom line is conversions, right? Uh, I listened to your campus minister, Bo just yesterday at a preacher's meeting, and, 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 and I was heart, I, I, I was so filled with joy for, to hear him say that this campus ministry uh, is, is, is a great work, but the bottom line is we want to save some people. And uh, that's what we do. When I go down, I do some personal evangelism, but that's not my primary mission when I go down. I'll tell you what I do a little bit later. But occasionally, I do have the opportunity to teach someone and to baptize someone, and, 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 and frequently they ask me to baptize them. I don't know, something in their mind, they want an American missionary to baptize them, and so, and so I do that occasionally. But you see the baptistry types that we have, mainly they're little plastic swimming pools, what we use. But we have baptized them in bathtubs. Uh, these are the cities that we're involved in right now, and all of our preachers. We're very proud of our preachers. Every one of them are graduates of a biblical institute in Mexico. They're Mexican missionaries. And each of their wives are also graduates of a biblical institute. So the wives, are uh, they're missionaries as well, and they train the women. And they teach them how to be teachers of the niños and how to s- develop curriculum in their classrooms. We're so thankful that every one of our preachers, somehow God has gifted them with the gift of music. And so every one of them are song leaders. And let me tell you about the churches in, in Mexico. They, they have song books, but they don't use song books. They memorize the songs. And I tell you what, it's amazing. Everybody sings. They believe in that. And their singing is just, oh, it's just heavenly. It's so inspirational. And we're thankful for our preachers having double talent to teach, to preach, and to lead singing and teach the Christians the new. We're talking about first generation Christians that are in all of our churches. And so many of them never did any singing in the Roman Catholic Church. We still have about 10 cities throughout Guanajuato. Eventually, we may go beyond the borders of that state. But we still have about 10 cities, up to 100,000 people, where there's no church. And so that's, that's we still got a lot of work to do. We would love, if we had the money, to go ahead and put preachers in these other cities and begin those works. But we're on pace to do that because we're... We're bringing churches to self supporting at a rate of about two a year, and then we're adding two new churches a year and training new preachers in our biblical institute. Over half of our 10 preachers are actually converted in Guanajuato, went to our biblical institute, and are now on our team. Let me tell you about the San Miguel Church. That's the largest church, It's, it's over 100, maybe about 120 members. That congregation has the, uh, the has its own building. Brother Marlon Ivey was a very wealthy Christian and an elder of the church in Casiesco. And he uh, supported himself, Fernando, for just a short time to be the first missionary for Mission GTO Mexico. And one of the last things before he died that he wanted to do was to purchase land in a building for them. And so they have a beautiful building. It's three levels. In fact, Fernando told me just last week they're working on a third level. I said, Fernando, you're building the Tower of Babel or something? He thought that was really funny. But anyway, they got a beautiful building, and we're grateful that they have. All of our churches want buildings, and you can understand that. But we're not in the building business. We don't put a dime into physical property or buildings. Our our goal, primary, we're not against buildings. But I try to encourage our preachers to don't don't get so fascinated with those huge cathedrals that are in your cities. Beautiful, exquisite, expensive, amazing how beautiful these these, uh, cathedrals are. But the early church in the book of Acts never had a building, did they? And they and and, and they grew and they had they didn't have financial resources. And they grew 4,000 and 5,000 and multitudes were converted to the Lord, and they planted churches in every major city, and they did it under severe persecution. And if the early Christians could do it without church buildings, we can do it in Mexico. If you want, if you, we're not against you having a building, but don't get so caught up in that because the church is not the building. It's the people and the changed lives and how homes and families are brought together to serve the Lord. That's what Christianity is all about. San Miguel is, it's a gorgeous city. As a cathedral, you see the spirals on that cathedral. People come from all over the world just to see that beautiful pink stone cathedral. And Travel and Leisure magazine uh, said it was the world's best city in for travel in twenty uh, what twenty eighteen. So a lot of tourists come to that city. By the way. Uh, Tony, is the red-headed woman, is his wife. She converted Fernando. Fernando was a non-believer. He came from a Roman Catholic family, but he was not a believer. And she converted him, and he went to school. And his two children speak as good English as you do. And uh, Stefan is about as good a preacher as his daddy. And he's one of our interpreters. And uh, Stefan is a tremendous young man, as well as his sister, My Fair. San Miguel congregation started in 2001. Twenty years later, they've appointed their first eldership of all of our churches, only church in congregation in Guanajuato and surrounding states that have elders. I did a study uh, on this and discovered that there was a a a, a previous study done and presented in Christian Chronicle a few years ago, I think about 2017 of all the foreign mission works churches established outside the borders of the United States since 1950, only 3% of those churches have elders and deacons today. In less than 20 years, we now have our first eldership five elders two deacons in the San Miguel congregation. And so we're tremendously blessed. By the way, every one of those people there that you're looking at are first-generation Christians. And now they're elders and deacons. And that's what you want in mission work. Not just numbers of baptisms. Jesus said, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And so we want spiritual growth to go along just as fast, if possible, with the numerical growth. That's what God wants. And that's happening. Part of my job is to pull these preachers together. And so when I go down, I have all the preachers that we support and all the preachers that we used to support and any other preachers of Churches of Christ. And there are a few other churches in Guanajuato that are, were not a part of our mission team. I invite those preachers and their wives and their families to come to san miguel and we have a full day of activities and fellowship and uh, i'll have to tell you uh, jim part of the money you gave last year i, I bought pizza with it is that okay because i had to feed all these people <laughs> uh, and uh, the church just wasn't big the church in san miguel wasn't able to pro- provide the sisters couldn't provide all the food that was necessary but we packed that place And I inspire them and I encourage them and I I weep with them and I celebrate their victories and I get the preachers together up in the top of the church building there in San Miguel and we pray together and I pull them together and I say men don't let the devil divide us. Let's stand together and let's don't emphasize our opinions. Let's stress the biblical teachings and let's stand firm on the word of God. And let's don't go to the right and let's don't go to the left, and let's don't split and splinter. We, we've done that in the U.S. Let's don't do it in Guanajuato. And we've, we, we've got a good track record on that right now, and I'm proud of these men that are watching one another's backs and are supporting each other and in cooperation with one another. Of course, when you begin new congregations, uh, there's no church. So there's no need for the preacher to develop sermons. Now eventually you got a church, you got to feed the sheep, right? But we want our preachers to be personal evangelists. And that's been a part of my ministry through the life, through my lifetime in Mississippi. And that's been, I think, one of the factors that I've been blessed to help churches grow through the years is through. Just getting in homes and teaching people the gospel one-on-one. And you know what? That does not cost any money at all. It doesn't cost a dime. Oh, it costs time. It costs the priorities that you have to make to keep those studies going. But eventually, God brings the increase. And that's what I do. That's part of my job when I go down is to teach these new preachers that we have as well as the older preachers. How to lead people to Christ one-on-one and bring them to that decision. Incidentally, you might not be surprised to hear this, but my first occupation was a salesman. I was a shoe salesman. And when I worked my way through Fried Hardeman, selling Bibles door-to-door, boy, that's hard work. But I tell you what, I learned through that experience that... That's how to do personal evangelism. That's how to grow the church and save souls, the best way of all. And so I teach them to do that. This is uh, the new, one of the new churches in Pujamo. Uh, we have the, the preacher that was sent there, Hector and uh, Mari. Hector and Mari were converted by Ishmael, a preacher that was there in, in uh, Hoventina Rosa at the time that's where he lived and when we moved ishmael to a new city to start a new church he had developed hector and mari they had graduated from our institute and he said he recommended to fernando and me let's 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 let hector be the new preacher and so we did he did such a fantastic job in in one year he increased that congregation tremendously and so we, start, we wanted to start a new work there last year. And I, we went to Hector and said, Hector, have you ever thought about moving to a new city, starting a new church from scratch? Well, he and his wife prayed about that, and they decided to accept that challenge. And I'm so thankful. They're starting off in a great way. He's got multiple Bible studies going on already. We're looking for our first conversion there very, very soon. He's anticipating it, he says. Wadahwato is the capital. Half a million people. About uh, 15 years ago, we were involved in planting the church there. We wanted a strong church in the capital of the state. And we had a strong church there. And the devil got into it. Uh, it, The church became self-supporting. We moved out of that situation. And then it almost died. And so last year, our con- I went to our elders and I said, look, guys, we got to get back in Guanajuato City, the capital, and we've got to revive that work. And Ishmael, one of our most talented, gifted, dedicated, experienced, mature preachers, uh, one of our graduates from the Institute, uh, we challenged him to go to the capital. And he accepted the challenge. He moved there last year fall and uh and so we have he has uh found a building there the most beautiful city in mexico is guanajuato and uh i've been there a number of times and it's it's a it's it's uh, there are people just stacked on top of one another uh, down in a a valley but ishmael and patty be praying for ishmael by the way let me tell you about ishmael Uh, my time is running short i got too much to say here Five minutes. Thank you, brother. Let me tell you about Ishmael. He was an alcoholic. He lived in Commonfort, where we have Alejandro as a preacher there now. But at the time, Renee was the preacher there. And it was Sunday morning, and he's got a headache, he's got a hangover. And he and Patty are just on the verge of divorce, nearly. And he looks up and he saw the sign, Iglesia de Cristo Ford. And he said, Patty, you want to go in there? The devil's had me long enough. And they went in. And they heard Rene preach the gospel. And it touched his heart. But it scared him. And he didn't come back for three weeks. But Rene was smart. He got his name and address. And old Rene started going way out in the country where Ishmael lived. And after several Bible studies, they started coming back to services. And then they were baptized. And then when we moved Rene out of Common forward, Renee Rene said, Ishmael's a graduate of the Institute. Let's make him the preacher. And we did. And now he's on our team planning a brand new revived church in Guanajuato. Isn't that a great story? I'm just, I'm just full of those stories. I could take the next hour and a half. This is Eric and, An- and Angelus. They grew up in San Miguel. Their whole family went to the Biblical Institute. Uh, he came to me two years ago in tears. and He said, Brother John, I want to be a missionary. I said, well, we've got to find a place for you. So he and his wife quit their jobs, moved to Val de Santiago, and we had a medical campaign. Look at the people. We had uh, over 300 people came to that medical campaign. And uh, you know, people don't care how much you know if, you, if they don't know how much you care. And medical campaigns has, has been a, a, a key for us. This is the new Eurydia Church in Alejandro. We wanted to start this church in January. We didn't have a graduate in the, in the wings of our institute. And I said, Fernando, We've, we had this church to become self-supporting in Salvatierra. Let's shift the money to a new city. You've been wanting us to go to Euridia. Uh, we need a preacher. And he discovered Alejandro from Puebla. I think there's a brother here somewhere that uh, had worked down in Puebla at one time in Mexico with his business. But anyway, Alejandro was uh, already with an established congregation. We convinced him to come and be a part of our team. And I'm so excited because when you take a guy, a preacher right out of the institute, green, wet behind the ears, no experience, put him into a major city, start a church from scratch, you've got to be patient with that young man. And he's going to make some mistakes. Alejandro is experienced. He's mature. And we're excited about this new work. Because I ex- I just believe that he's going to get something going fast and we're going to see that work grow faster than we've had. Salao Rene, tremendous young evangelist. They've had more baptism there this year than any other place. He's only been there two years and already got a congregation of nearly 50 people. Irapuato is a city of 400,000. We've got problems in Irapuato. The crime rate is... Extremely high there. The cartel's there. We just had to move him to a safer place in the city just this past week. Aurelio and his wife Nelly, both graduates of Biblical Institute. And then there's Alejandro in Common Fort. By the way, Alejandro was in the cartel at one time. Walked away from $100,000 that they owed him. If they would let him go away. A living man. You don't get out of the cartel alive. But he exchanged his life by giving them back $100,000. Would you say that's dedication? That is dedication. That's loving Jesus with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, your pocketbook. That was Alejandro. Thank God for him. Just a great preacher. He started, he started this little church in San Pablo. And then there's Joventina Rosa. And I could tell you a great story about Raul and Janelle. They're already bi- vocational and we're only giving him $300 a, a, a month. And we've committed that for two years. And then that church will become self-supporting. We're anticipating that uh, right away. And then there's Villagran. I don't have time to tell you about uh, Villagran. And then the Lord said, the harvest is plenteous, the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's do that right now, church. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the boonful Church. Thank you for their missionary heart. Thank you for its elders, his new preacher, Brother Ken, for his love for souls, his, his great passion for preaching your word. Bless this church, Lord, and all the missionary works that they're involved in, benevolent affairs. Bless us as we're partners in Mexico together. We pray, Father, that you will bring this work to the completion that you desire. and Help us to be instruments of your evangelistic work. Bless all of our preachers, their wives, their families, all of the Christians scattered throughout Mexico in the churches now. And help us, Father, to have the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace there lord we know we fall so short in this mandate to preach the gospel to the world people are dying two every second jesus could come any hour oh there's such an evangelistic urgency urgency We're thankful, Father, that we can be involved in one of the most fruitful, effective works in the world right across our border. And we thank you for the Boonville Church and their love and support of it. In the name of Jesus, let us all say, Amen. You're dismissed.